You can be as open as honest as you want. Test just test, imagine. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Just imagine your That's grandkids. Say that again. That's why I brought out the bottle. I see. I see. But we don't want to do it like drink chaps. <laughs> We're nah, going to nah, carry nah. But, get through it. So yeah, through it. I think so. Um, let's just start this thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. This man is a veteran, a uh, good friend of mine. We met over 19 years ago, uh, Paris Mack. How are you, Mr. Mack? Doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Blessed to see you again. Good to see you. Blessed yeah. to see you again. <laughs> Let's... We talked about this before we started it. Let's go, because you are originally from Atlanta, Georgia, right? Of course. And before we even get into your life story. Gucci. <laughs> I don't think people don't understand how serious that was. That was, how a, that, serious. was a, that was a really big battle, like, just for, you know, Gucci's catalog coming up in East Atlanta as well. Um, that was a big that was a big thing for me, you know, like you had, most people don't understand, like you had different zones that were fighting each other over that, over that battle with Gucci and Jeezy, you know, and um, most people don't know that Jeezy was actually signed to Gucci way before. Yes. And, um, you know, the So Icy, that's what they were beefing over, but um, that actually split Atlanta into its zones, you know, zone, he had Zone 6, which... I claim zone six, mm-hmm. you know, and then you had another another place to where, um, you know, Jeezy resides. And one thing that caught me off guard was when Jeezy said, "Oh, I own half of Atlanta." <laughs> I laughed. Bro, <laughs> 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 no, you don't. <laughs> did you Did you catch the part when Jeezy when uh, Gucci kept saying, "I got ten k worth of jewels and I got ten yeah. k outfit," and yeah. people didn't understand? Like, yo, he yeah, put ten k on, on his, his head. head, man. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. And everybody was just like, "Oh, he out there talking about, you know, what I'm saying just his jury and his outfits." Like, no, like he put ten k on his head and killed his homeboy. <laughs> like. I like, I think that when people think like they were cool at the end, I was like they didn't dap no, it up at no, all. No, at all. He just said I'll do the song with you. Mm-hmm. That's how I know G. That's how I know it's Gucci. Not that. Gucci had to get paid like maybe two million dollars. Yeah, not to go, not to go him. I think he paid. I think they told him he can do whatever he want. He got paid not to hit him, yeah, or he got I'll, paid I'll probably that. to stay on his stay, side. Yeah, stay on his side. Yeah. Or if I'll he finished the song, he got something because you can tell he stood up the whole time. Yeah. Like, what's up? Gigi what? sitting down. He like, sat down. He didn't Gucci, want to. Like, Gucci, Gucci yeah, he, he, he a hood dude, man. Like, I used to see him in the truck, you know what I'm saying? Because I grew up in East Atlanta as well, partially, mm-hmm. other than Japan and Texas. Um, but, you know, my my um, stepmom's grandfather actually owns, like, half of that block. Mm. It's black-owned businesses, which, you know, I'm trying to um, actually support now. Well, that sounds bad, but you know, um, supporting that actively supporting, yeah, actively supporting, and uh, he's owned that for years, mm. years, and you know, it used to be a gas station, used to be a restaurant, and now it's like a freaking ice cream parlor and freaking uh, perfume, and then a check cash place. So I used to see him over there a lot, you know, on East Atlanta and um, Flat Shoals, actually. Um, what was it like? Was he nice to the kids and stuff? I mean, to be honest with you, it was just dope boy. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see the car ride by, just be like, oh, dang. You know what I'm saying? That's nice. But you know what I'm saying? I seen him walking Grant Central Pizza a couple of times. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I didn't know who he was. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little jit. I don't know who he is and, and what he's doing. So, you know, growing up, 
I finally found out, but um, you know, in East Atlanta, man, it, it's like junkie central. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I grew up, I grew up with um, cause when I used to stay with my my um, grandfather um, at his place of work, um, there was actually a person that used to watch me named Sheriff, mm-hmm. and um, he was a junkie. So like. I grew up. Like, you were watching him. <laughs> no, he was watching me. He was me. watching you, trying to trying to watch you. Yeah, try to watch me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was a junkie. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember Sheriff, man. And then, you know, uh, Evander Holyfield's father was out there, too. Mm. Everything like that. And that dude had bed, bro. I think he has, like, a 12-inch knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that. I was like, dang. I can only imagine what your son has. You know what I'm saying? So East Atlanta, let's go back to the beginning, though, the beginning, because the man you are now, I think that the events in our life that transpire help us build to this person that we are now, who we are. Uh, we got a homeowner. We got a veteran now. Let's go to the beginning. Where did you come out of this world in? Um, I came out of this world in Atlanta. I'm mm-hmm. a Grady baby. You know, Brady baby? Grady baby, if you're from Atlanta. Oh, I thought you were Grady from San Francisco. Nah. If you're from Atlanta, you know Grady. Great okay. Memorial Hospital is the worst hospital to be in. Mm, why is it so bad? It's slapped down in the middle of the goddamn city. My bad for cursing. No, go ahead. In, you in, can in, say whatever on this in, one. In the city. And so uh, you go in there, gunshot rooms, you sitting there for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Grady is Grady was one of the most um, un- unkept hospitals in Atlanta. Right. And... Um, so I grew up in Atlanta. I mean, I was born in Atlanta. Like I said, everything good. Yeah. Okay. And you're talking a little low. We're making sure that you can hear you higher. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, we go. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was born November 25th. Just had a birthday. Just turned 32. So. Um, When's your birthday? November 25th. Oh, yeah, I did hit you up. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, I posted yeah, yeah. it. Appreciate you're 32. It. Yeah, bro. Sometimes I keep forgetting that. Yeah, man. Old as hell. I feel it, too. Um, I think you feel it because you've lived a life that a lot of people have not experienced. That is true. Correct? That is true. What's your earliest remembrance of Atlanta? Two-parent household? What type of household was it growing up? To be honest with you, it wasn't a two-parent household. It was um, my grandmother. Where were your parents at? Didn't know. Really? Yeah. Growing up, I didn't. at the time, I didn't know where they were. And... um then, you know, I saw my father, and he would come pick me up late at night at, like, 1 in the morning, just mm-hmm. drive me around and drop me back off at, like, 4, and then I don't see him again for another couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's what it was for me. Um, Where was mom at during this time? Uh, Valdosta, Georgia. Were they just split, or? No, my mom and dad were never actually together it was like i'm a february baby so you know like it's that link up hey look boom 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 you know right. what i'm saying smash dash you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that's what it feels like you know what I'm right, saying? Like, right 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 i'm gonna tell you something funny my dad my dad hit me up well i was riding in the car with my dad the truck actually and uh it was, a, it was years ago years ago i think before i joined the military and he was just like he looked at me and put a smile on his face and then 
he was just like, you know what, son? I'm glad you I'm glad you made it out. I said, what you mean? He said, because when I had your mom pregnant, I had about five other chicks pregnant at the same oh, time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Oh, thanks, Dad. You know what I'm saying? He like, said five <laughs> chicks at the same time. So, you know what I'm saying? So it, it it was always that split, you know. And uh my granny, you know what I'm saying, uh, she always took care of me. She's always been my, my ground and my foundation. That was the grandmother I met at the at the wedding, right? Yes, the one the, the preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you ever find it just different knowing that your grandmother was raising you, or at the time, no? Growing up, um, you know, like honestly, and to be straight up with you, you know, if you actually think about it, you never know a father and a mother growing up. Mm-hmm. You never know a father and a mother growing up. They teach you that, right? So I'm getting taught a grandmother and a auntie and a grandfather so we're in atlanta man and your grandmother's raising you do you ever wonder what's your earliest remembrance of like people around you does your grandmother ever explain to you like you got you know your father says like uh, he had five women pregnant at the time was that a joke or you think that was serious i honestly think that was serious dead serious yeah dead serious do you have brothers your age Um, that you don't know about no, but last name is Mac, so I mean, look, Mac and him, you know what I'm saying? It's a rare, so, rare last name. Huh? You spell it M-A-C-K. M-A-C-K, Mac. So True story, I've never met a Mac, only one in college. Her name was Brittany Mac, and she spelled it like you, but yeah. I've never met And I guarantee she was a player. No, she was a model, I, and uh Average model at that. So hey, look, you got a name like Mac, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to think well, Bernie, about Bernie Mac's real name isn't Mac, it's McLaughlin. Yeah. Mac, yeah. Mac, yeah. But you got to think, my father, you know what I'm saying, and my auntie, they were very clever when mm-hmm. they made my name. First name is Paris, named after Paris Island. Middle initial is D. Last name is Mac. Paris de Mac. D Mac. Paris yeah. D Mac. So would you say you're a Mac Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no, man. You know, well, your dad gives you that name. Yeah, and my auntie. So where where's mom at during this time? Do you ever wonder, like, yo, where's my mom at? Or like I said, like I was saying earlier, man, it's it's you don't learn mother and father until they teach it to you. Mm. So, but grandma being a preacher, yeah, like, what is she preaching you? Because that's completely. That, I know that's my granny, and this is my papa. And this oh, is my she auntie. tells you that she doesn't raise you like you're her boy. She's raised me like she's my like she's my mother. Okay, but you know what I'm saying like at that time you're not you're not actually realizing that I have a mother, I have a father. You know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. this random dude's coming to pick me up in the middle of the night and driving around in his car. You know what I'm saying like you 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 pretty much look at it as hey look. Okay, I don't know who these people are. You're still at a young age. You're still developing. Your brain is still developing. And um, with your brain developing, you're not going to understand certain things. You're not going to process certain things. So, you know, I didn't, you know, I talked to my mom about it now. And uh, I don't remember seeing her until I was six, seven years old. Wow. You get what I'm saying? And then we moved to Japan when I was eight. 
Okay, let's let's back that up. So we're we're still young. Grandma's raising you. Is there a lot of other kids in the house, or are you just the only one? At that moment, I was the only one. Um, and then my auntie got pregnant uh, with my cousin Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the Navy now, but um, you know, at that point, I felt separation because now he's getting all the attention. Mm. You get what I'm saying? How many years are y'all apart? Um, I want to say about five years apart. So as soon as you're five and you start developing speech and everything else, you're going to school, a baby shows up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm feeling this separation from my grandmother, from my auntie that was there. Mm -hmm. You know, he's getting all the attention. That's another thing that I'm working in in therapy was um, pretty much just dealing with abandonment. Abandonment, yeah. That's actually what it was, abandonment, but I didn't want to go that deep into it. I want to say like separation, but abandonment. yeah, abandonment. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, you know, just, I know I'm probably jumping forward, but just since my therapy now, I've realized, you know, I've only been with the three million people in my life for about three, four years, five at the max. And it keeps rotating. So you got my mom, you know what I'm saying, when I was in Japan. Then you got my dad, then, you know, with my grandma and all this other stuff. So, like, I was always bouncing around. I always felt rejected. Did Um, you ever sabotage relationships because you knew after four years something's about to happen? Yeah, I had. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 32 years old now. I learned that at 30, 31. But we were subconsciously doing that, and we didn't even know. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Same thing I just realized. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously. We would uh, destroy relationships because we knew every four years something was about something to change. Something else was going to change. And then um, being military child, you know, nothing else, nothing really is dominant. I mean, nothing is permanent. Mm-hmm. So you just always think, okay, boom, three or four years. All right, next. What, where, where am I going next? What am I doing next? You know what I'm saying? Like, you never get to really develop that friendship or that relationship with someone. First friend you made in Atlanta, who was that? First friend I made? First friend that you could, earliest remembrance of a friend or someone that you're talking to, who was that? Um, his name was Evan Griffin in Valdosta. Mm, how old were you? Couldn't even remember. You know, my memory's bad now. I can't even remember. Uh, but his name was uh, Evan Griffin. Griffin. Grandmother introduced you or just boy in the neighborhood? No, that's when I moved out to Valdosta with my, with my mom. When does this happen? Like I said, around like maybe six, seven. So uh, walk us through, what's that like? You're living with your grandmother, right? Grandma's taking care of you. She's taking you to church. Mm-hmm. She's making sure you're fed. You got your Eddie papa. Griffin. I mean, Eddie not Griffin? Eddie, not Eddie Griffin. Eddie Long. Bishop Eddie, Eddie Long. Did she have long raised you? Pretty much. Really? Yeah, we went. We uh, pretty much helped him go through his stage to build new birth. Mm. And, um, well, we're not going to speak on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy. To me, to me you know to what I'm saying? That, like, but, that's, but that's honest. A lot of people you know feel like, you like, know, I'm pretty sure they have different relationships. Yeah, to me. Took like, care of you and your grandmother. Yeah, and, you know, my grandmother took care of him as well. And, you know, when 
I actually, I don't know if you remember when he came to Japan. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like, he was just like not taking anybody because he was tired. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm Gloria Max, you know, grandson. He was just like, oh, yeah, you need to bring him here. Bring him Eddie back here. Eddie Long, freak, that was right. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we helped him. We helped him, well, my family, not me. My family helped him move out his apartment into his new, new house and um, go to New Birth. And I was actually one of his students at his his um, church, his school that he made. Yeah, the school that he made. Yeah. Wasn't it like a. It, it was a private school. Um, he owns most of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact. I know they got several properties, New Birth. Yeah. And so they actually opened one up in Charlotte. My grandmother was the one over Charlotte. So what was it like, the early stages of Eddie Long? You know what I mean? Did he know that your parents weren't there, so he probably took that? That, I mean, honestly, that. You probably got pictures you probably don't even realize. Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Right. Um, you know, Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You get know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm going to the, the daycare center. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, my grandfather used to work as a janitor at, at New Birth. Okay. Um, I used to go to the overnight care where I got pushed in through the window. Uh, still got glass in the back of my head for that. You got beat up at a church? I didn't get beat up. I got pushed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with you getting pushed. <laughs> I got pushed. So, so what does your grandmother say when your mom goes, all right, Paris, we're leaving? What's that whole conversation like? Honestly, don't know. Do you find it weird, though, that she picks you up now? Do you find it, or she just... Honestly, honestly... Um, you don't remember the change of setting? You don't remember not going to your grandmother's anymore? You're leaving Atlanta? I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, and this, this is a, a good interpretation of it. Certain people in certain times of their life block out things that Memories. they don't want to remember. That they don't want to remember. Got it. And so I blocked out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. So. Um, Suppress memories. Yeah. And that I don't even know. Like freaking a couple months ago, the military told me I broke my hand. I was like, when did I break my hand? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Oh, you didn't nothing. even remember. Yeah, I don't even remember. So. Um, Do you remember leaving to go to Japan? Do you remember that? Uh, a little bit, yes. I remember, once again. Because everyone has a memory of what the smell was when you go to Japan. That smell that you smell in the air. I don't remember that. You remember smelling? Uh-huh. Now I smell like, like either fish. Yeah, I mean, I was like thinking fish. San- yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that sandy fish. smell. He's like, man, what does that smell yeah, out here? I was here? thinking fish, but I was like, should I say fish? Uh-huh. I was thinking fish, but I was like, oh, that might sound weird. But um, to be honest with you, so after my mom got me, we ended up going up to Atlanta. And she, you know, you know my stepdad, mm-hmm. um, dropped me off in Atlanta again. Not with my dad, but with Rodney's dad. Okay. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was um, Rodney told me to go in there and say, you know, hey, Grandma. And I was walked in. I said, hey, Lily Kate. I saw Anua as Lily Kate, even though that's Rodney's mom. And 
How did you know it was Lily Kate? No, I already knew Lily Kate. Like when I was staying with. Oh, okay, her. I yeah. got you. We used to go up and forth there, but I always call her Lily Kate. They weren't married yet. No, this is my dad's. I mean, my stepdad's uh, mom. Okay. My mom and my stepdad already married. At this point, like they they were married like when I was probably like two. Okay, okay, okay. Or one or two, whatever. And so I walk in the house, and I, I walk back in the house afterwards and say, hey, Grandma. She looked at me and said, don't call me Grandma. I ain't your Grandma. Mm. And then I walk back outside, and I told them what, they, what she said, and they just brushed it off. So, you know, that rejection, that abandonment feeling right. again. So, you know, my mom and Rodney went overseas for a year and left me there with her. You stayed with his mom. Yep. Are those the memories you suppress. Yep. No, not. the memories I suppress, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so what's it like? You stand with your stepdad's grandma, My mother, his mother. mother. Are um, they strict? Honestly. And you're in Atlanta too, so you're not yeah. that far from. So you're probably wondering, like, why am I yeah. not? Yeah. Um, so your grandma, who's a preacher, is that your mom's mom? No, that's my dad's mom. Okay, got it. Um. Honestly, we would just, it was mainly just like my cousins, because it was like, what, seven of us all together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she used to get up and cook breakfast before we go to school. You know what I'm saying? Then we got our own, we had somebody pick us up after school and we'll do it. And I'm going to tell you something funny. I've been telling these people, um, like, chitlins. A lot of people don't like chitlins. Right. Uh, but she used to cook chitlins in the morning. Yeah, chitlins, eggs, sausage, and bacon with grits, toast, all that. Surprised nobody lost a foot over there. Nah. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was down there every morning before he went into school. And everybody used to wake up first so they didn't have to eat the chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> they got a shower you had to shower everything like that so that oh um, you know what i'm saying you didn't get the you didn't get the leftovers <laughs> so me i got smart i said you know what i don't mind the chitlins i got an extra 45 minutes worth of sleep <laughs> i'm good you're eating chitlins I'm, for breakfast you know, i'm eating chitlins for breakfast as long as i got my eggs and hot sauce i'm good and so um was that the first time you were around a big family? Now you have people that are your age. Um, Damn, now that you say that. Seven people. You went from being alone, from not having nobody, being the only child, to now you got seven people around you, and you have your first real stable community. Because you see them every day. You guys eating breakfast together, everything else. That's a set routine. So how does that change your dynamic of life? Because now you literally have someone to speak to. That's your age. That's a good. That is a good, good um, observation. Um, I didn't think about it like that. That was my first interaction with other people. To where, I mean, there's more before that, but to where the point of feeling around with, you know, what I'm saying. You're not people. alone anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not alone anymore. What were your cousins like? What were they like? Southern cousins, like, roasting each other. Yeah, roasting each other. Fighting. You know what I'm saying? Fighting. You already know. Basketball, football. 
going in the back of the yard. You know, we used to have those little stink bombs and whatnot. We used to go out to Edenton and um, I forgot the other place, Georgia, and you know what I'm saying, like, like just have some fun. You know what I'm saying, like going to backwoods, going to country. Um, Subconsciously, do you think Rodney did that to put you around people your age? No. No, you just think it just miraculously happened that you just happened to be there. Yes. And then you met some of your lifelong cousins and stuff. Yes, I think it was more so that they can have their their time to get um, situated situated before I came over. So the plan was always to bring you. Mm-hmm. But it was actually a, a blessing in disguise because now you got friends and family. Yeah. A new setting. Did you get in trouble a lot when you were with your cousins? Um. Like how did the discipline go? There was no the discipline. Type no discipline. You talk back to his mom and no. Oh no no no! That's always respect. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Respect. That's that's all given. You know what I'm saying? There is no talking back. You know, you ask something, you do it. Mm-hmm. That's the southern way. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even though you told me not to call you grandma, I'm still sitting here like, you know, hey, look, I need y'all. I need one of y'all to wash these dishes. Right. Bet that you know what I'm saying. Like now we fighting on who washing the dishes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What's the age range of cousins? Um, so right now in the age range, my oldest cousin I believe is, um, thirty four. Oh, so y'all are all two years, one year apart. Yeah, two years, one years apart. Yeah. What's that like at school, knowing that you got cousins with you? It's uh, different in Atlanta too, completely different and, because everybody's really just family mafias, pretty much. And I only went to school for fourth grade in Atlanta. Like I went to Flat Shoals Elementary, and I didn't do the full year there. But it had to be different knowing that your cousins were there, right? Yeah, my cousins were there. I mean, like you know, we we mob up if anybody want to fight. Right. I'm the I'm the fighter. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm the outcast, so I'm the fighter. So I'm the I'm the first one to buck. You know, like somebody pop off, somebody touch my cousin, I'm the first one to go. Did they know that as soon as they met you? How how long did it take when y'all first met each other for y'all to just instantly click? But it seemed like it clicked fast because y'all all the same age. Yeah, I mean they they already knew that. Um, they knew that from the jump. Right. But you know, like I kept getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. I kept getting in trouble. There we go. So, you know, like I had to calm down and blah, blah, this, blah, blah, this. Take a lot of losses and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you remember me when I was I do. younger. You know, I wasn't scared of nothing. Even DJ and black my, knock my ass out. I'm you know finally glad you're telling that story right. Because every yeah. time when we used to meet girls, you were telling like, Jared fought me. I was like, I did not fight you at all. I just no, happened to be you there. You just bullied me. I didn't bully, <laughs> I didn't bully yeah, you. We ain't never fought. I didn't even bully but, you. I was just, you were, You went to the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all went to it. We so. were all playing flag football and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. I and remember I remember, let <laughs> jumping ahead, but I remember <laughs> we're coming out of, and I see you and DJ just start rocking each other. Bow. Yeah, and I no, see DJ. DJ he yeah, was, DJ get that haymaker and then knock yeah, me out. Yeah, he was. I seen him just bopping that eye, and then next you know, I see Danita. Ro- Danita, yo, get yo, off of him! And then she, she pushed him, him in the bushes. <laughs> she pushed him in the bushes, and they're like, "Who won that fight?" I was like, "Danita, she pretty she, much, she, she pretty much getting it at all." I was like, "You know, those light skinned people got to stay together." She's <laughs> not you, black. <laughs> 
was like, funny. DJ, get off of I him. I swear to God, like, I, I, I know we're going a little ahead, but I swear to God, like, I remember flying through the air, hitting the ground. I blacked out. Next thing you know, I seen some light-skinned hands. I thought it was God. It just pulled DJ up on me. I don't even know what y'all got in it for. And I remember- no, he told me to cross the line because oh. he was like, I bet you won't cross this line. I said, well, I ain't scared of nobody. He crossed the line. <laughs> got crossed the line. <laughs> got my tail whopped. <laughs> and then your mom was like, y'all all go to the same church. This yeah. is a sad. Yeah. All y'all, y'all should be defending each other. And then I think, because uh, uh, we were supposed to fight again at the school. We broke it up, yeah. We were supposed to fight again at the school. And I was like, no. Nah. And uh, what? No, no. Ian, I don't know if you remember Ian, the big dude, the big, like, dude, like, six foot and, mm-hmm. like, the fucking freaking sixth grade. So he went and told that there was going to be a fight after <laughs> school. Told Coach A. Like, bro, like, you the biggest dude, bro. <laughs> like, he didn't want no sauce. <laughs> he, didn't want, he, didn't, he didn't want no smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah that was... So, so when you got your cousins with you, right, is school easy to you when you're young? Or are you just going? What's school life? School life for me was. Because fourth grade, that's usually where you start to like develop and you start to like get ideas and grasp a little bit of who you are. What's that like? Do you school... have classes with your cousins or you were? No, school life for me, man, which is something to do during the day. Mm. You know, like, you got to think like I, I, I grew up watching my, my other cousins. My other family members, dope boys, all this other stuff. Like, okay, well, dang, my mama ain't been there for a while. My daddy barely come come see me. My grandma, you know what I'm saying? Like, she working, but at the same time, like, to me, it was just like, it is what it is. But at the same time, I still knew in my head that, hey, look, that's not the life you want. You knew that at eight years old? Did you ever wonder, like, even though my mom has gone into a different country, where's my dad at? Yeah, and that's another thing. My dad used to come pick me up. Still? At um, no, 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 no. My dad, when I was younger, my dad used to come pick me up, and when I was staying with my grandmother, come pick me up, and you know, just drive me around town. What about when you're standing at Mr. Rodney's house? Where does did your dad point, still come? At that point, you know, I was I was spending a couple of weeks with my dad, you know, stuff like that. But then you have to think at that point, um, I'm a child, so I'm dealing with a, he did this, she did this. Mm. You know, I'm I'm in a battle, a constant, constant battle of, hey, look, this person did wrong, this person did wrong. And so now it's just, um, how do I say it? Um, now I gotta look at my dad like this, like he's a bad person. Or now I gotta look like my mom, like he's a bad person. So you're hearing from both sides. Yeah. Mom did this, dad did this, yeah. and you're so, in the middle. Yeah, and then, shit, I just wanna be loved. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. that's the only thing I want. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But um, it, it was a lot of that going on. You know, it, it felt like, once again, the abandonment that. Um, Nobody really cared. It was always about hurting the next person. Were they young parents? Yeah. 
Like early 20s? I think, I think my dad was like 20. I think my mom was like 17. Oh, they were babies. Yeah. Babies so, raising babies. As usual. That okay. So she had you at 17. So she literally gets married at like 19. I guess. Like, I don't know. Like I said, like, I don't yeah, remember. 19. Yeah, pretty much. 19 I don't remember none of that. So as we're in Atlanta, right, you're wondering about your dad. You're wondering about your mom. Your mom's in a different country. You're in school. Well, no, 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 no. My mom, when I was in Atlanta, my mom was in Valdosta. And but then, you said she And then just, I came back, yeah, and then she was in uh, Japan. And this is when you're with Rodney's mother. Yep, yep. That's yep, where yep. we are. Okay, okay. So what's that conversation like with it? Like he comes and goes, all right, we're leaving. Do you feel again like, frig, I'm, I just, I like my cousins. I'm ha- that's a good thing here. I'm actually enjoying myself. What choice do I have? But you still have a feeling. You can have a choice to have a feeling. I mean, at that point. Were you already accustomed to just things changing? I don't know changing? these people. I, don't, I really don't know these people. Mm. So, I mean, like like I told you, like I was saying earlier, four to five years per parent, per grandmother, that's the only thing I knew. You know, so it was just like, okay, well, spend four years with these people. All right, cool. I'm on to the next parent or next grandmother. Got so it. to me, it's just like, all right, so pack up. You're going somewhere new. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it just never, never clicked for me like that. So when you get to Japan, right, you land in Japan. What's that like? Because Japan's a different place because you finally meet a lot of people who are kind of similar to you that know what yeah. abandonment feels like. And you're meeting all these, I call it the, uh, I, I used to call it Japan. I still call it like Professor X's house. Okay. Because yeah, you meet all see these that. mutants. I can see that. Yeah. People who've lived these lives from all different, different yeah. Places in the world, they have single parent households and everything else. Yeah. When do you start feeling that acceptance? Never. Never. No. I never felt that. Not at all. Friends, who's friends you first you made in Japan? Um. I don't even remember. Straight up. I don't even remember. The berries. <clears throat> no, the berries came after me. I'm trying to remember who was there when you were there. Yeah, exactly. And you I got think, there when uh, you were nine years old. Ten. Alara Bellinger. Yeah, she stayed four four doors down from me in the towers, but that wasn't my friend. Mm. Uh, I do, you know, saying she she's doing good for herself. Acquaintances, I get that, but I yeah, mean, yeah. like, you know, friendly. But I'm saying, like, you had no friends at all. No. None. Um. To me, looking back now, I'll say no. But I mean, looking at the time, at the time, who were the people? I think it was like, what was it, Marcus? Was there a Marcus Benson? Marcus Benson. I think that's what it was, Marcus Benson. Because I got there completely late. I got there when you were like in seventh grade. Nah. Yeah, I got there when I was in eighth grade, and you were in seventh grade. Uh, You were born in '88, correct? I was born in '89. Yeah, but you, you always, I was a grade ahead. Yeah, because I had to do freaking kindergarten yes. twice. Yeah. Yes, so that's how we bonded and we played flag football together. Okay, okay, yeah. Right there in front of my tower. Yeah. We played flag football together, and that's yeah. where me and you met. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I remember you dating a Filipino girl. 
Yeah, um, it starts with a J. I don't know. Jaleesa. Really? Jaleesa. Jaleesa Sykes? No, I don't think it was Sykes. I don't no, know. That's not. No, that's not Sykes. I don't know. Jaleesa. Yeah, it was a Filipino girl because yeah. when I got to Japan, that's the first time I ever met Filipinos. Yeah, there was a lot of them. And I thought they were super Saiyans. <laughs> there were a lot of them. Because they had the blonde tips. <laughs> they had the blonde tips and they came in like waves of like 100. I was like, oh, you fight one. All of them are oh, coming. Yeah, all of them coming. Yeah, then that's when yeah, you were like, yeah. I was like, who's that? That's my girlfriend. I said, really? Because, you know, I came from North Carolina, so I wasn't used to all these colors. Yeah. I said, man, everything's out here. Well, I, I was open to like everybody, all females. Everybody yeah. was just like, nah, look at this one. Look at this one. I was like, what? This is crazy. What? People dating white girls out here? This is wild. What world are we think, living in? I think it was, I think, was she the one that broke up to me because, broke up with me because, uh, no, she went, I went out of country. I think I went to Korea or I went to Singapore or something like that. And then I got back and everybody was just like, yo, 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 who's your girlfriend? Who's your girlfriend? I said, woo do I don't even remember who it was. I was like, woo do They're like, are you sure? And I was just like, are you sure? <laughs> I just got back. Like, I literally just got off the plane like eight hours ago. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in another country and I flew back. And then kind of find out, you know what I'm saying? She broke up with me when I wasn't there. Like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like uh, Friday, how you get fired on your day off. You know, <laughs> you know the most ruthless thing? Because these kids got it easy. At least they have social media yeah. alerts. Back in the day, we just get letters, and we didn't even know yeah. what the, the letter was. Hey, how the, are you? Actually, I got the letter in the locker. <laughs> you had to open like, it. God damn, I had to open this. Everybody's standing around me. Waiting. Everybody waiting. <laughs> I think so, I had a chick break up with me, and then the friends like, "Did he cry?" It's like, "F no, he didn't cry." Yeah. I, said, I didn't care. What the freak, y'all waiting for me to break down? <laughs> what type of friendship is this? Yeah, so you know, um, so, it all it's all good. Though. But you played sports, though. You played sports. Yeah. You played. <laughs> yeah. So on, Paris, I got to do the little wing thing. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, spark it up. There we go. So, it baffles me you say you didn't have no friends. Did you feel, you really felt alone in Japan as well? Because I felt like understanding happens there. Because we all understood being at a place we really didn't want to be. Like being moved around. Because mm-hmm. I remember us hanging out at church and it was always just us roasting each other. Yeah. Everybody. Carradines. And y'all got on me when I came in with that box. That box cut. No, no, no. I remember because I don't remember what it was. Garrett but. goes. Garrett goes. You guys are laughing, but half of y'all dads are balls, and my dad, <laughs> my dad has my dad still has his hair. <laughs> I remember just yeah. always us uh, laughing and stuff like that, and yeah, that's what I remember. I remember that. I remember you playing sports, and then I so, remember you just leaving. Yes, yeah, randomly so, leaving. Yeah, and um, then we didn't hear from you for a while. So what's that? Where do y'all go? So, just to say that about the friends and everything like that, like, um, it was hard to trust. Mm. So, you can be cool with somebody and not trust them. That early you thought that? Yes. You can be cool with somebody and not trust them. Oh, that was instilled with me. Whenever I tell people I'm about to run into Paris, they go, oh my God, how's Paris doing? And I say, you know he's on Instagram. 
For, what? what? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, freak. I was like, I'll put it up there so you can see him. Yeah. I'm, I'm always there. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it's, it took me a while to trust even my neighbors. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Well. As soon as my neighbor, you know what I'm saying, moved in across the street, I'm sitting in here cleaning my guns. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, I don't know nobody. My ne- my other neighbor down the street, he hopped in a car near my driveway. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Why did you walk from your house that's two doors down to my driveway to hop in a car? You get what I'm saying? Like, just stuff like that just triggers me. But let's back that up where the triggers, because a lot of people don't know you've served in the military, right? Mm-hmm. You served in the military. We'll come back to high school, but we'll just get to now. You served in the military. When did you first join? Uh, 2008. 2008. Is that as soon as you graduated high school? No, I graduated high school in 2007. Seven. Yeah, yeah. What transpired when you graduated high school to be all like, I'm going to the military? Honestly, it, wasn't a, it technically wasn't a choice. What happened? You know, her parents are... So, um, pretty much, I had a good job. I was working at Ace Hardware, and I was DJing on the side, and I was mm-hmm. going to college. Um, my stepmom, my stepmom, um, she said she was going to fill out my FAFSA for me, but she didn't. Current stepmom? Yeah, current stepmom. Let's back that up then, because I've met these family members. Yeah. Let's go to when we leave Japan. Okay. When do you leave? I left uh, 2000, 2001. No. No, no, no. 2002. Yeah, you left after the, the towers fell. Because we remember we were locked mm-hmm. up and all the yeah, RVs yep, were yep, going. Yep, yep. It was after the towers fell. Yep. After the towers fell. Because all them A-10s were taken off. And remember that? Yeah, yeah. We were just yeah. locked in our building. Yeah. And I was like, what? They didn't attack. <laughs> they didn't attack us. What? Like, what's Why just, can't we go to school? It's not safe for Americans. And then, like, everything changed. But we need to get out of here then. Like, why y'all boxing us? <laughs> right, they boxed us in, locked down the base on Delta. I remember everybody's Humvees, everyone had M16s and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what does your mom say? She goes, we're leaving. Our dad, Rodney, goes, look, time's up. Let's go. Where do y'all go next? San Antonio. Mm. Because I remember they did the goodbye thing at church. They gave you the plaque, everything else. You don't remember, but I remember. Yeah, I don't remember none of that. I remember that because you leave. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. What does dad do while you're in Japan? Dad calling? A little bit? No. Relationship starts to change? Dad's not calling. Grandma calling? Yes. What's she saying? Your dad misses you. Mm. Um, you know, I'm... My granny's like, oh, I miss you. You know, I wish we could talk more. What does that feel like? Once again, abandonment. But she never abandoned you out of everybody else. Out of everybody else. but She's the only one that didn't abandon you. Correct. But at the same time, you're feeling an abandonment and distance. It's starting to grow. Were you angry at her? That at she couldn't? It's your grandmother? Because no. everyone took you away from her. I wasn't, I wasn't. She seems like the only safe place that you had. That's my only safe place. That's exactly what my therapist tells me. Mm-hmm. That's myself. That's actually my safe place is her house. 
Still to this day, same house? Still to this day. No, not the same house, but the new house. But I'm, I um, helped her build the house, the new house. So She calmed you down at your wedding, too. Yeah, she did. She did. And you know that, like, mm-hmm. that's the only person. Do you, with your grandmother when she calls the house, does that feel comfortable knowing that out of everybody else, she's a consistent one? Yes. And that's the thing. I've had this, this conversation a lot to where she's been the only constant in my life. How many kids does your grandmother have? Um, three. So you were pretty much the fourth child. Uh, no, how many grandkids? Or No, how many children does she, did she create? My granny created three children and you're the fourth one i see what you're saying there does that make sense yeah, she makes took sense. care of you like she you were one of her own yeah it makes sense so when does your dad transform from your brother to your dad when does that happen as far as oh um when does that happen when you go to so, texas because you're technically so not dad, that far from georgia so uh, that was that's like a freaking 18 hour drive um, but I, it's, it's better than uh, being across the whole side of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad sent me a phone and so he can call me on So he can talk to me. Mm-hmm. My mother took that phone. It would only allow when she was, when she wanted to. When it was okay for her to sit there and have me on speakerphone talking to my father. Did you feel that was an invasion of privacy or yes at the time did she know things about your father that you didn't know felt like it was an invasion of privacy um and that you know i'm not trying to drag um stepdad rodney's name through the mud um but you know there's a couple of cases where you know abuse everything like that from him to my mom to me and my mom to me. Um, So, like, it was days where I had to take a shower with the door open because they didn't trust me. Like, I had to go to the bathroom with the door open. What were you doing? What about you do you think they thought was untrustworthy? I don't know. Because even growing up when I was in elementary school, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like typical moms, like, look, you're going to eat this. And, you know, I cooked it. You're going to eat this. Right. And, you know, like, I remember having to eat out of the trash can many a nights just for pot pie. And, you know, everything spills pot pie. I hate pot pie now. Um, pizza. You know, you get every piece of pizza. Um, you know, I remember not... I remember coming home and them not being there. You know, I used to have to sit outside from school. You know, school was right across the street, right, literally right next door, but I used to have to sit outside until one of them got home. This is in Texas? No, this is in Valdosta. This is in Georgia okay, before right. they dropped me off at my grandma. Early teens, right. No, this is like... No, they're legit. early teens. They're early 20s. They're early 20s, yeah. 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 So... You know what I'm saying? Like, all that kind of had a place to where when I got a teenager, you know what I'm saying? I'm just... Angry. 
yeah, kind of already upset. Like, why won't you let me talk to my dad? Why can't I hear his side of the story? Why can't I do this? You know what I'm saying? And then that's by that time Raymond was born. Okay. And I'm watching Raymond all the time. I can't do anything. I'm always stuck in the house. Bubba this, bubba this. But then, you know, um, Texas has started doing some things. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, making a name for myself. Doing what? How are you making a name for yourself? Uh, I'd rather not continue on that. Okay. But um, How did you get into that, though? Was it the Texas culture? Because San Antonio is a different vibe, too. It's more yeah. of an international city. Houston is more different than everything else. Um, to be honest with you, it was more so the people that I was hanging around with and come to find out that that was one of the, they were one of the biggest um, suppliers in that area. How do y'all meet each other? I actually fought them. How do y'all... You fought him in high school, like uh, yeah. For what? What was that about? Um, so uh, my friend Louis, he uh, bumped into him or whatever, and then he called him a spick. Oh no, damn! That's and then you know what I'm saying like I was just like, bro, like what the hell you say? You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll popped up at the mouth to him, and uh, it didn't go. It didn't go good from there. And, you know, he called me the N-word, of course, about what it's about with that. Um, and then, you know, by that time, me and my friends, we had a pretty good clique. You know what I'm saying? Like, my homeboy's brother, you know, 12th grade, he pretty much ran to high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was up there. And then his partner, his, his next person, which is Gerges, rest in peace, um, he was like the number two. He was like the one always on goal. Then he had the lower people, and then you know he had his little brother in ninth grade. He had me and our clique. So um, my homeboy Billy, which is like uh, he he showed up to school late that day, and uh, he was like, "Bro, what's going on?" I said, "What you mean?" He said, "Bro, like I heard you, I heard you getting in a fight." After school, and I was just like, yeah, what's good? He was just like, bro, like, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you messed up, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what you mean? He was like, bro, like, ain't nobody going to help you against him. I said, really? He said, yeah, bro, like, you messed up on this one. Like, you shouldn't have. Our hands are tied. <laughs> you, yeah, our hands are tied. We're not doing anything. And so, like, I'm sitting there like, Right, like who is this guy? Mm -hmm. I've never seen him in the high school before. Guess what? I never seen him in the high school. He wasn't in high school. He wasn't in high. Well, he, he was technically just was. He was, he was he just, just chilling in high school. Yeah, he was just chilling in high school. He was always he paid the paid off the principals, paid off the uh, wow. the teachers and everything like that. So y'all square so, up. How's it go? So before we square up, before we square up. I'm already shaking in my boots. This dude's like, I swear to God, 6'4", 200 and something pounds. I'm like, I'm like one, 117, you know what I'm saying? Skinny. Skinny as hell. So um, I went back and talked to Dylan. Mm -hmm. Dylan's brother was the other one that's the head honcho of the, of the area. 
I was like, man, hey, look, can y'all just go over there and talk to him and just be like, hey, look, let's just squash this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so my homeboy went over there, and he came back. He was like, nah, he ain't squashing it. I was like, dang. And the next thing you know, hey, look out. Whew. All right, boom. I got like two hits in. Oh, it hit me so hard <laughs> in the ribs. I was like, oh, okay. And then, um, you know, I hit him a couple more times. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying, like not not trying to boast or anything like that, but I put up a pretty good fight for my size. He respected you. And he that. respected me for that, but you know what I'm saying, like his homeboys jumped in when I had him on the ground because I dropped him to his knees. Oh. So his homeboys jumped in. It was three of them, and you know um, they ripped my shirt and all that. You know, like like females do. You know, scratching and all that other crazy stuff. And um, I'm mad at my homeboys. Like, y'all see these three people. Why didn't y'all jump in? You know what I'm saying? Stop it. So I get on the bus to go back home. And uh, my homeboy, Billy, he was just like, I'm coming to pick you up. You know what I'm saying? Let's go back and chill. We're going to go to the spot, have a few drinks, and, you know, kick it. So we do that. And um, we're sitting in the back. And then I seen this black, uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was a Tahoe or Escalade, whatever, pull up. And Billy goes inside, and then the dude, one of the drivers from the uh, the driver from the um, black car, went inside. And then Billy came back and was just like, "Hey, you need to get in the back seat." Hmm. I said, "For what?" He said, "Look, bro, just don't ask no questions. Get in the back seat." Fuck it. I got my scrap on me. You know what I'm saying? Like I got mm -hmm. my pistol on me. I bet. So I get in the back seat. It's a dude I just fought. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like, y'all trying to set me up for another fight? Like, no. And he was just like, hey, look, man, you know what I'm saying? Much respect to you. You know what I'm saying? Because most people wouldn't have shown up. But much respect to you. You want to be part of my team? I said, shit, what I got to do? And that's how hmm. everything started. You know what's ironic is that you never have a group of friends, but when you get to Texas, all of a sudden you have a group of friends. I still didn't trust everybody in Texas. Well, you bounced around, but this is the first time you have a solid clique of people. You said you had a crew. I had a crew, but that didn't mean I trust everybody. But you had crew. a crew, though. A how crew do you can make be a crew? Anything. Yeah, but how do you make a crew? Because you're very sociable. For mm -hmm. someone who doesn't trust anybody, you're very sociable. You are correct. Very likable, and it's easy for people to, like, freak. When I got out here, I was like, you know the whole neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The whole freaking, at the old spot. Yeah. The old spot. So I trust This is my neighbor. This is my neighbor. This, oh, I watch his dog. I'm like, what? You watch his dog? Yeah. I do all that. That don't mean I trust you, though. Would you think that's a con? Would you say that? It could be. It could be, but it could also be, um... That's a skill, though. That's a skill to be charming, but at the same time have people trust you, but you don't trust them. Yeah, in a way. You know, um, like, do I want to trust people? Yeah. I mean, I trust you. You know what I'm saying? I trust you. We've been, yeah, been a yeah, long time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, did I trust my wife? It took a while for me to trust my wife. I was there for that. I remember. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she lived with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, What you say to me one time? she lived said, with me. You said... You said, uh, why she got these booty shorts on? 
I said, doesn't she live here? He said, you're right. I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> you said, she see all these dudes here? I said, this is her house, man. And I think she I only came out because you asked her to get us yeah, some food. Yeah, I don't give a he, fuck. He said, you're right. You're right. <laughs> he looked That's at me. You looked at me. He said, ain't no woman supposed to have these shorts on. That's the way I, I am. I said, you brought her out. She was in her room. You called and, her out of the room. And the crazy part, I'm going to tell you this. And this, this is totally off subject. I'm sorry. I don't know how long I have. You got as long as you want. But yesterday, right, I met this chick at um, AutoZone the day before. And so uh, she was talking about her radio. Her radio doesn't doesn't work in the car. So I looked at it real quick, checked the fuses, woo, 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 blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And so I was just like, yeah, uh, I think I can fix it. Just hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Here's my number, woo, woo. Well, she like five, six, green eyes, black. You know what I'm saying? Nice little juicy titties ain't too big. Mm -hmm. All this, blah, blah, that. So, you know what I'm saying? So I wake up and, and yesterday morning I get a text message. Oh, well, my car won't start. Can you come out here and help me? Oh, just like, yeah, where you at? You know what I'm saying? So I go out there, try to help her out, bring my tools and shit. And uh, I get to talking to her, you know, like, dang, like, I'm not figuring out what's wrong with why, why it won't start. You know what I'm saying? Like usually, you know what I'm saying? A car starter, you jump it, and then uh, or the starter. I mean, like the starter don't even really matter. Well, the starter or the alternator really don't matter. And so, um, and I'm sitting there chatting with her, and she was just like, "Yeah, you know." And that's my husband's car, and I was like, <laughs> "She trying to get a freak out. She trying to get a free Bruh. mechanic, Bruh. That's my husband's car." So no, the one next do the one next to her, and so I was like, "Well, why didn't you bring your husband?" Out? Come like, out and fix it. Why don't he come out? You know what I'm saying? Like, I could show him a little bit of something, and she came out and, like you said, them booty shorts, tank top, no bra, and like no shoes, no sock, no nothing. Them slewfoots. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll sit there like shawty, and then she's sitting there with her leg up in the door. And the other one just dangling. I said, Shawty, man, like. This is so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. So and disrespectful. so, like, I'm sitting on the grass. Like, I'm out there for an hour and a half, bro. Did she pay you to fix the car? I didn't fix it. Oh, I would less. <laughs> Dog, my homeboy stayed five houses down. I just went down there and played Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Go with this society, with society now. Technically, there is no dress code for anybody. Mm-hmm. Just because you grew up in the South and we have Southern principles. It's disappointing. Completely different, right? It's very disappointing. When you have kids, your kids will grow up in a completely different era and your morals and values will be true. Are they taking knees to the chin? Yeah, I mean, effort. Yeah, they're taking knees to the chin. Ain't no way you dressing like that. And I pray for our society. That's all we can do. So we're in Texas, right? We're in Texas, San Antonio. We're, uh, you know, uh, Big baller, shot caller. Hey, look, 20th man, blade on the Chevy Impala. Hey, look, man, I was just chilling. Got to find a better way. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Lil Troy said. Yeah, making money the flyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving, hitting the highways, making money the flyway. Hey, look, man. But it's got to be a better way. 
Hey, look. So what happens where they're just like, all right, Paris, Mac, you're going to the military. Who is that voice in your head? Well, but at the well, same we time. Not, we ain't even out of Texas yet. We're still in you, Texas, though, right? You want to be in Texas still? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, where are we going to? Where are we, where are we mean, moving you, to? You, you directing it, man. So we're in Texas. This is where the story we're right now. If we're talking about the Paris Mac story, we're in Texas. Okay. Texas, we, uh, we just fought one of the big mobsters at the school. You don't lose, but it's respectable. You yeah. had They had to jump you to pretty much yeah, establish yeah, yeah. dominance. You hop in the car. You want to be a part of the squad. You said squad up. Yeah. So even though you don't trust them, what's that like being inside a community? Uh, constantly watching your back. because. But is the money nice? Oh, it was. First thing you bought. What's the wildest thing you bought? Uh, actually, the wildest thing I bought was a chain and a watch. And then after that, I just start saving. And then I bought me an IS-300 before I knew how to drive. <laughs> and then um, I bought my grandmother my grandmother a house. All living in at Texas. your parents' house? Yeah. Parents didn't know anything about it. I was barely in school. Like At that point, I really didn't care. Ronnie didn't know what, is, what you were doing in the house. You didn't keep nothing at the house at all. Why would I? Why would I? I'm just the back seat. So the driver was getting paid more than me. Okay, I got it now. Hey, look, they just, that's mm-hmm. cool. All right, bet. Cool. What does your grandma say when you buy the house? Nothing. She knew where it was coming from, didn't she? Don't tell no lies. Or was it? Don't, don't ask no questions. And don't, don't tell no lies. So she didn't know anything. She said, you just paying your tithes. That's what you're doing. What does that feel like when you're buying that for? What does that feel like? Because that's really, I pretty much did something first, for her that the nobody. First, the first house I actually bought was um, like a, a 2-1. Okay. It's like a 2-1. And um, I actually rented that one out. My bad. I got it switched off. I actually rented that one out. And then I paid off the rest of my grandmother's stuff. And then um, she's reaping the benefits of the um, rent that's coming from that other house. Okay, so you... And this right up street. 17? This is 17, right? No. How old were you when this? When you're doing this? 16? I was about 16. 16? No, because I left Texas at 14, so like 14, 15. You're 14, 15, trapping. Who said anything about trapping? And our, for the... You're in 14, 15... Living an alternative lifestyle. Hey, look, I still hit school every now and then. But as you as you're hitting school and you're watching your back, you're 14 and 15. What's the most that you held in your hand at that age? I didn't hold cash because I always cared to get rock. But I'm saying, what's the most that you had in the bank accounts? Didn't have a bank account. How does we get this money to our grandmother? That's what I'm trying to say. How do you get it? Put it in Bibles? Like, how do you get it? Because you were in a completely different state. That's my father. Okay. Now now we're making it. So when, a lot of money. When do you guys make that connection? That's what I'm saying. Like, When does it? When do y'all start bonding? Hey, because my father put money in my account, in my bank account for, you know, child support and whatnot. But literally went back to him. Like, it would just ship back to him. Got it. Does that and relationship change have, with your dad, though? 
and I had a lot of mules that were running back to Atlanta. But I'm saying that, what does your dad feel? Because he's like, this is my son, and my son is providing for this family right I now. I bought my dad a house. What does that feel like? What does he say to you? I bought my dad a house. I know, but I'm saying that, what's that like, him looking at his boy? Like, now y'all probably he turned into... Inadequ- he, he felt inadequate, and that's why me and him got in a, a lot of fights, like physical altercations. At 15? I left, yeah, at 15, actually. I left at 15, and I moved because Rodney threw me out the window. Well, yeah, he threw me out the window in his, uh, I was running around the house, and he would beat me with my mom, open the door, he just closed the door, and his mom with there, my other grandma with there, my mom, mom with there. And I left, went to um, Billy's house, Billy from earlier. He stayed in the next neighborhood over across the street. I went to his house and then um, called my dad. He was like, all right, cool, get on the Greyhound. Got on the Greyhound and I was gone. I caught the Greyhound from fit- when I was 15 all the way from Texas, San Antonio to Atlanta. Before you get down back to Atlanta, when you and your stepdad are going at it, is it you rebelling or is it just him just like, nah, we don't? How long have y'all bumped heads? Ever since I was little, always. And there's there's a little more, tr- little more. Not, I don't want to say truth, but a little more in-depth thing that I'd rather not go into. No problem. Um, but, you know, me and him finally made amends when I graduated high school. He came to me with just like, you know, I didn't know how to be a father. Wow. So you really just taught him that. Yeah. He was like, I didn't know how to be a father to somebody else's child. Mm. And, you know. All right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I accepted that. I accepted that apology. You know, I was me begging and him, you to do accept that, you know? Yeah, me and him, like, I don't have no animosity towards him, no nothing. No no hard feelings, no harsh feelings, no nothing like that. I don't. He came to me like a man when I graduated and was like, you know, I apologize for the way I treated you because he didn't know what a father figure should look like because he didn't even have his own father figure. Dang. You get what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to, uh, I'm actually trying to, that's something me and you can talk about offline, but that's something that I'm actually working on as well, you know, um, as far as that goes. We're all working on ourselves though, man. Yeah. I think we're the first generation of people that really start fixing our mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Our parents didn't have that, they didn't have no one to talk to. They did. They were just afraid to. They would just talk to barbers, and barbers didn't know. They were afraid to. Afraid to, and their parents didn't even speak to them about certain stuff. They would just let them figure it all out on their own. Yep. And us as men, especially black men. um, Shut everything down. Can't be emotional. Yep. Was that you that I was just talking to about that? Should I talk to people all the time about as black men we hold things in? Yeah, because I was just talking to somebody about that, like, Oh, I was talking to my mother. I was just like, um, because, you know, I went, my, had my nurse here today. And I was saying, like, what I can and can't do. And uh, my mom was just like, well, you know, there's certain things he can't do, but he's so stubborn, he's going to try to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I told the nurse, I was just like, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm Army. You know what I'm saying? I'm a black male. So you can't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
yeah, it's going to hurt, but hey, look, suck it up and drive on. You know, and um, that's not always the right answer. And there's no way for us to – sometimes we make fun of the next generation, but the next generation is more in tune to their feelings. Mm-hmm. And they can express when they're upset or – I met this chick in New York, and it's after a comedy show. And she says to me, she goes, um, I go to therapy three times a week. And when me and my boyfriend argue, I ask him, how do I love you? And I'm like, what? She's like maybe 24. She goes, no, tell me how to love you. Tell me the ways. And I was like, I was never thinking like that at 22. I was like, yeah. 22. I was like, F it. Something's not right. I'm out of here. I'm out of Boom, here. Boom, I don't care. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, I was like, four years, I'm out. All right. You asking too many questions. Right. And I was like, man, they're so, in, they're so completely different now about how in tune they are with their emotions, how in tune they are to understand different scenarios that they're in. So you're in, we're, we're still in Texas. We're leaving Texas. How does your people feel when you leave Texas? Oh, my mom and... No, not, not them. The people that you're running with. Oh, I just leave them behind. Like I said, it takes trust. And I don't trust they don't. them all the way. Do you think you left early on purpose? Do you think if, it, if you stayed longer, it would have got worse? No, I mean, I already did. My mom actually locked me up in Julie. Mm, what did she say? No, when I was like, I think, I want to say 13, 14, she locked me up in Julie because I'm beat this white kid, Caucasian kid. I don't know if I like to say white. Caucasian kid for calling me the N-word. In Texas. Yeah, and um, beat him up, called her the, you know, all right, boom, redone. Thought it was over. And then um, he recovered and then started doing it again in the locker room. This is us playing football. And um, my friends went over there, African-American. There's only, like, a few of us that played the football. And um, they went over there, and I was just like, I'm not going over there. It's pointless. You know, I already whooped his ass. It's it's pointless. You know what I'm saying? So then um, I'm getting dressed, and I hear a whole bunch of clanging and, you know, a whole bunch of people just scruffing and all that other stuff. So I go over there and they're jumping my homeboys, the other black students on the um, on the football team. So with me, the last thing I remember is grabbing one dude by his hair, slamming him into the locker and um, hitting another guy and I'm thinking I'm knocking him out. And that's the last thing I remember. And um, apparently I got dressed and waited for my mom to come. And I'm sitting on the side of the, you know, sidewalk waiting for my mom to come. And um, my mom finally came. And then the people, coaches and everything came. They were just like, yeah, um, your son needs to uh, look at this. You need to look at this. And apparently, like, I lashed at one of the white kids' head, a Caucasian kid's head wide open from, like, top to bottom because I was slamming his head in the locker at least 34 to 36 times. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was part one of episode 77, Return of the Mac, with my dear friend Paris Mac. Uh, Paris Mac has probably lived a life 
uh, for seven people inside that one body that he has, ladies and gentlemen. And it's so good seeing how at peace at life he was when I went to go see him. He's so at peace now. He has a different type of zen that he has to his life. So part two will be dropping this Friday. This Friday, same time, same place. We're dropping it in part two of this Friday. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you soon. Or good night, good morning, wherever you are in the world. All right. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.